0: it's going to change who you are. Trust that it's going to be a good thing because it's you. Now, it may not fit with your picture of you, who you want to become, the ideas you had about what your life is supposed to look like, but it's going to be truer than all of that. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Over the last two episodes, we've established that the cause of all human suffering is resisting change. Life is kind enough to tell us when something needs to change, often gently at first, but it's persistent. If you ignore the letter, it'll leave you a call. If you ignore the voicemail, it'll come to your door. Accountability will make itself known, and any act of resistance is childish. That's the content of this lesson. In this episode and the next I'll be providing some context around how you can apply this knowledge to the Accountability Path. This excerpt, uh, this entire series is an excerpt from the Accountability Path 2.0 course. Speaking of courses, I want to tell you about the upcoming course for Clear and Open's 2020 summer quarter. It's called Clear Thinking 2 Paradigmatic Analysis. It begins July 2nd and runs nine weeks. For human beings, results are the consequences of actions, and actions stem from conscious intentions. But where do our intentions come from? Have you ever thought about that? Intentions come from often unconscious motives driven by our largely unconscious paradigm. Your paradigm is your picture of what life is, why we're here, the cause of human suffering, the path to end that suffering, and based on all of that, what's good and what's bad in any moment. All human beings operate inside a paradigm, and most of them are oblivious to it. The result is their incoherent patchwork values cause them to live confused, painful lives. And when a person cannot see their own paradigm, they also cannot see another's, which results in unnecessary conflict, disappointment, and breached trust. People constantly tell you about their deepest values and beliefs if you know how to listen. Often they tell you things they don't even want you to know. This information is invaluable when deciding who to trust, and how much, and with what, and critical in leadership and management. This course reveals one of my most treasured secrets, if you will. I use paradigmatic analysis constantly. It's one of the ways I shock people by seeing dysfunctional business themes in minutes that take some of my colleagues' years. This course, if you take it seriously, will make you the smartest person in the room. This is both a promise and a warning because that status comes with it a price. Everything does. For more information and registration, go to courses.clearandopen.com and look for Clear Thinking 2. Clear and Open Dojo members get access to the live course starting July 2nd. If you like these podcasts, consider becoming a member to take your growth to the next level. Thanks so much for listening. Let's dive in. So how this applies to the accountability path in the micro sense at the people level is if you have a manager or a mentor or a coach, a mature adult listens very carefully to every single thing they say. They listen to the notices and the nudges so that they can learn from those things so that they do not invite the manager to put them in a position of being fired. You see? And so from the manager's side, a manager is looking for opportunities to do those smaller notices and nudges without having to have the formal sit-down conversation to give the employee the opportunity to use their own self-authority to make the change. What most managers do is they look the other way, telling themselves, well, I'll give that person some more room because I don't want to hurt their feelings or come down on them. But what they're usually doing is caretaking themselves. They don't want to have the uncomfortable, short conversations. So they let it go and let it go and they let it go. And then if they become so frustrated then they have the conversation. And now there's, a, there's an edge to it. And they've essentially ambushed that employee. Whilst all that time, they've been training the employee to keep doing the same thing. Robbing of their robbing them of their ability to change, possibly. So the, the longer you go... I mean, look at it this way. How long does life tolerate you going to the gym, lifting heavy weights with bad form? right? Or sitting at a desk with bad posture, right? For a little while, but eventually you're going to start to experience pain. So if you're a manager, you do that. You see what I'm saying? Be the messenger for life and apply the pain. Now what that actually looks like, we're going to talk about in the mechanics of the accountability path. But what I'm wanting to impress upon you here is that Life's accountability is a slow, steady, building tide. It misses nothing. It excuses nothing. And it gives you feedback for everything. That's what good management is. In the beginning, it does it in a supportive way. Maybe the pain's not so bad. Maybe it occurs as an opportunity. But eventually, it kicks your ass the same way eventually you get fired right the zebra with a common cold may do just fine but the zebra that's really weak and sick gets eaten by the lion first that's life that's part of the design is it fair <sighs> that question is moot it is you know that's how it is for all the animals here they don't pay attention for, they don't pay attention for just a moment and they get killed. That's how it is, right? Now, human beings have been, have managed to insulate themselves from that dynamic in, in the basic survival ways, mostly, not certainly, well, not all people. Many people live in survival mode, not in fear of predators, usually, but there's plenty of people in survival mode. But the accountability dynamic still persists. We're never free from it. But what is it that we all want, right? We all want this childlike notion of freedom where we get to do whatever we want, whenever we want, with no consequences, right? Isn't that the, the dream of freedom? Just buy whatever we want, say whatever we want. You ever heard the term "fu" money? I want to have an amount of money where I can say F-you to whoever I want. Do you see how teenage that is? That doesn't exist, Right? No one has that. The richest people in the world have to depend on relationships and building trust. Like They can't just be a total jerk, although some of them really push the edges of that. No one has that freedom. It does not exist here. So the sooner you surrender to, okay, I'm not here for my own childlike sense of freedom and happiness. I'm here to grow and learn. I'm not even necessarily sure what. Fine. Start listening. It's there. Life is telling you through the pain that you're in. You're already on the accountability path and life is your manager. And life, universe, God, Allah, spirit, insert whatever term you want there for the intelligence of life. I don't care whether if you're an atheist or not, you don't have to believe in it. Just pay attention. It's there. Look through the, You don't have to believe in Mars. Look through the telescope and you'll see it. You don't have to believe in the intelligence of life. Look at it this way and you'll see it. Or you could decide that your belief about the intelligence of life is more powerful than life and see how that works for you. Go ahead. Dedicate your life to blissful irresponsibility. Go for it. Maybe that's what you have to do to learn. Many people do. See how that goes. Maybe you'll pull it off. I don't know. But the sooner you learn the lessons that life has to teach you, the sooner you'll actually experience the freedom you've been seeking. That's the great paradox here. Because it's not, it's not about being a slave to life's will. It's about realizing that when you surrender to the boundaries of life and learn from the pain that it's been bringing you, that that gives you all the things that you thought you had to get yourself. I'll give you just one brief example. This is one of probably hundreds. One of the things I did with my depression was journal with it, differentiate with it as a part. And uh, the part's name was Alice. They're not necessarily the same gender as as you are. And she named herself Alice because she uh, felt like Alice in Wonderland, a stranger in a strange land where just crazy things happen. That, and so this was the part of me that sees life as kind of like the Star Wars cantina. Like this place is crazy and unpredictable and weird. And I feel curious, but lost at the same time. And that's this part of me. And... Now, the way that part feels is actually more how Alice actually was, you know, fairly upbeat in in the books in Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass, which was something I studied in college a lot. But in the beginning, it was like a horror show, you know, of like danger and um, twisted characters and all that. And through the process of journaling with her, I was an English major in college and I um, tried to write. I was to I tried to get into the elite writing program where I went and I was rejected, which was one of the toughest things that happened that year. And, uh, I tried to write poetry, but it was terrible. I even knew it was terrible then. <laughs> and, uh, one of the things that happened through journaling with this Alice part of me, getting to know her picture of the world, her likes, her dislikes, her relationship with chocolate, which was why I was so, um, hooked on it then. It's like a whole, whole other world inside you that is like a part of you that is contracted from you, but still exists there. Some of the qualities come through, the depressive qualities certainly did, but the, the, the pure qualities are also contracted from you as well. And so this part of me started writing back to me in verse. And most of it was rhymed, so, even though I was a terrible poet, I discovered this part of me who could write just at the drop of a hat in rhymed couplets. And it was quite good. I even got some of it published here and there. So, the latent poet in me was there, but bound up with all the depressive qualities in this one big kind of contraction. So, that's the beauty of it. Because these kinds of pains, you know. When I talk about the information that's in there, it can be guidance in your life. It can be gifts that you have, qualities that you have. She also held my intuition. The more I got to know her, I started to become far more in, more intuitive, um, more uh, uh, emotionally sensitive, and I'm a very very different person today than who I was before I got to know this part of me. I can stop babies on airplanes from crying just by looking into their eyes and feeling what they're feeling, which is a really useful skill and quite a magical thing. And that's what Alice taught me. That's what my depression taught me. It It showed me how nearly unbearably sensitive I was, like an antenna that picked up everything. And I didn't know how to filter. And so it became so overwhelming that the only response that this part of me knew was to contract, even to the point of wanting to die, because it was that overwhelming. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to be the case for you. Uh, Who knows? That's the thing. You don't get to know. When you listen to the whisperings or the yells, it's going to change who you are. Trust that it's going to be a good thing because it's you. Now, it may not fit with your picture of you, who you want to become, the idea you had about what your life is supposed to look like, but it's going to be truer than all of that. That's the beauty of it. But the process is filled with surrender, letting go of fear, process is about trusting life, right? Because if life is holding you accountable and you don't trust it, well then you're not going to listen. Same way you wouldn't listen to a manager you don't trust. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you. Bye for now.